Welcome back, everyone, to the Authentic as Fuck podcast. My name is Sun. I am a marketer and I teach storytelling. And today we have two guests. Uh, I actually don't know what the topic is, so we'll see where this goes. I'm totally unprepared, coming from a fresh perspective. So first we have Joni. Welcome, Joni. Hi. Thanks for having me, Sun. Hi. So let's start with um, where you're from what you do, and then uh, your question. Great. Um, I am in Boulder, Colorado in the States, and I have been coaching for about five years now, working mostly with people around intimacy and embodiment. My question What's your question? My, my question is around this um, changing world that we are in these past few years, and it's continuing to change. And um, this is around like giving our gifts to the world, but then also asking for money, which is becoming... Um, seemingly hard to get these days for a lot of families. Um, and what might, what might our world look like and how might we as entrepreneurs stay open to these changing times, but also still continue to give our gifts in the world? Am I making sense? Okay. Let's break down the question. Because I feel like there's something that we're beating around the bush or something. Um, <laughs> so maybe there, or, or maybe it's a two-part question, right? So when you say changing times, do you mean uh, like economically? Economically. Like, well, that's one part like of it, yes. Of, you know, <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And then the other part was like in, in these changing times, what can we do as an entrepreneur to keep giving? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so the second part of the question I think is how do you balance the giving being selfless with making a living right yes yeah and then the first part of the question is about the changing times which I'm assuming like because you talked about like how do you balance these two mm-hmm. so I'm assuming it has to do with economics but if it's something else Let's go into that too. I'm open. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Um, yeah. Let's let's go. I, and I think what you're doing with night owls is a great example. Um, like, yes, our world is changing economically, but it's also changing in other ways. Like, um, and what I mean by that is, like, I don't believe that people have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to get information. Um, Okay. Right. And, and you're, you're showing that with night owls, right. You're, you're offering this wonderful community, um, and a very low price tag to, to be part of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of, if you look, think about it, that's less about changing time because, and it's, it's a, it's, it's two different issues because changing time actually is the reason why someone like me exists where you know a thousand years ago this information would have been only for emperors right mm-hmm. maybe 
hundreds, hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, it was only for a certain class of people. Now it's available to everyone. So it's actually the opposite, right? So it's actually getting cheaper and more information becoming more free. But what happens in in between is in every market with every new technology, with every new revolution, right? When the printing press first came out, when the television first came out, when the you know when the radio first came out, like with every new iteration of technology, there's always going to be opportunities trying to trying to scam people and get opportunity from there, right? Like the other day, I saw a video of Royal uh, Russell Brunson, who's uh, the the founder of ClickFunnels. Um, and he's like the ultimate bro marketer, right? And him talking about how he's like this fascination about like, oh, like during the gold rush, when all these people are, all these losers are going after the gold rush, how you, you know, the, the one who sold them the shovels and the, you know, the, the ones who show the shovels and the picks are the, the smart people, the entrepreneurs, blah, 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 right? But what he's, what, what he's not connecting there is basically you're saying your customers are losers. Like your customers are like, you're, you're basically saying 90% of your customers are not going to make money, but you're going to 100% make money from them because you're, you're selling shovels and picks. Are you like, do you not realize what you're saying? Like, it's so weird, like how our values have shifted like that I, not our values i guess you know what's ha- what i think what happens is i actually like maybe this will clear things up for you it's not as it's not it's not as end of the world as you think it's not as uh dark as you think because what's hap- what's really happening is with this internet social media and things like that there were certain people that came up and took advantage of this by, you know, setting up these like marketing tactics and, you know, conversion tactics to kind of like oversell and not really deliver. Right. And because these people are doing that, it forces about 10% of the market to do the same just to compete with them. But trust me, that's a tiny subset of the market. 90% of the market, the real world, don't even know that these products exist. Or they look at these products there, they're like, oh, that that's for losers. It's it's kind of like when you see those infomercials on TV and and, and three at 3 a.m., right? Do you think anybody buys those? Yeah. There's five percent of those suckers out there who buy them. <laughs> but that's the market, right? So trust me, in a big scale of things. The mainstream doesn't even fucking fall into this scam. So you don't have to you don't have anything to worry about. What I'm going after is this. Here's the mainstream market. Here's the self-help market. More, majority of mainstream Americans are not in the self-help, not into self-help, not into personal development, not into any of that. Okay? These people are. So what what these people are trying to do is they're trying to charge $3,000, $5,000, to, to milk everything out of this small market, right? Because those are the only ones who fall for it. Whereas in what I'm trying to say is, I want to go after this. <laughs> the one who doesn't fall for that. The who, one who doesn't want that. Like my cousin, my friends, who's never, who don't even know who Tony Robbins is, who's never fucking read a self-help book, who's never taken a marketing course. That's who I'm going after. And that's a bigger market. <laughs> the people who doesn't know who Tony Robbins is, 
is a bigger market than people who know who Tony Robbins is. Trust me. <laughs> Most of the world who doesn't know who Tony Robbins is. I know you, that might be fascinating and surprising to some of you guys to hear. But most people, 90% of the world doesn't know who the fuck Gary Vee is. Okay? <laughs> That's who I'm going after. <laughs> so, but anyway, let's, sorry, sorry for the rant. <laughs> let's go back to your problem. So, let's pull on that thread. What else is in there? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> what, what are you really, really struggling with? Um, I'm struggling with having of to putting a price tag on uh whatever all the things that I offer, like and this isn't old. This is or this isn't new. This is this has been with me for. What do you offer? Um, well, coaching, group coaching. Yeah, I do individual work. I work with couples, and I also run groups. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. How big is the groups? Um, groups can range. They can be really small, just under ten people. And I've also done really large into like, well, large for on that scale. So like fifty to a hundred people. I've only led a few of those groups, but have done that. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. And then, um, and then you have um, one-on-one clients or, yep. or couples clients yep. and these are all live sessions yes they're all, yep. live. Okay. all live. so you then you have to charge by the hour okay okay so let's let's do this well i've uh i've charged by the hour is think... one way to phrase it i also i do packages so like with um with group events like that's the cheapest way that people can work with me is in a group event right um but if people want to yeah, go yeah, yeah. deeper, then they can buy a package. Um, and yeah, those yeah, prices. Yeah. No, no. Get... What I was saying is, like the supply and demand side mm-hmm. is ultimately for you. You are you are charging money for your hour yeah. because once you stop working, you stop making money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's all. That's all I meant. Like, so which is. Same. It's the same for me. <laughs> Once I stop working, I stop making money. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. So now I want to say this. For me, there had to come up, because I am like that, I can't be like trying to have a second agenda. I'm trying to help you client here so that I can get this out of you. Like that is just not me, right? So if you just leave it 100% up to me, I would lose money. <laughs> like I would be broke. <laughs> so what I have to do is I basically have to... So at some point, I realized that like a couple of years into the business, I'm like, okay, at this rate, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go bankrupt. So what I needed to realize is I needed to completely draw a clear line between what are the things that make me money versus what are the things where I'm helping people or what, what, what I'm doing it for a different reason. Like, so, so when I go into every project that I work on, I, I was crystal clear. Okay, this, I'm doing this so that we can pay the bills and we can survive. This, I'm doing it so that I can help this client. This, I'm doing it so we can put it on our portfolio 
So I was very, very clear on, and once you do that, it actually makes everything easy because now I don't have to try to like pretend like I'm trying to help this client out. <laughs> no, you're here because you're paying me. If you weren't paying me, you wouldn't be here, okay? Like now I can clearly draw a line, you know? And, and also I, I drew a line in a different way too where I had Gigi take over all the finances and all the invoicing, the billing and blah, blah, blah. I don't have to, because it's kind of hard if you're like, I'm in, a, I'm in a meeting and I'm just giving, 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 being selfless. And then right after the meeting, I send them an invoice and be like, hey, you, you got, uh, can you pay this now? Like, you know what I mean? Like the same person, then it, it, it's weird. But the fact that like we have a good cop, bad cop going on that I am giving it all. And Gigi is like collecting, collecting, collecting in the background. And then if, if, if the client tries to like bypass Gigi and come directly to me, Gigi will cut it off. Like, and then the client kind of understands that. Because they understand that we need to make money also. But it, they also, it doesn't change the fact that I'm all about giving. So once in a while, things does, you know, slip through the cracks where they got something for free out of me. Yes, that does happen. But I have a safety measure here who makes sure her job is to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? Yes. So... What I would do is that have certain safety measures within your business, whether it's a rule policy or even like one of the things that I did was, you know, if I did, if I keep coaching, um, like through, through discovery calls and like that actually wouldn't work for me. So what I had to do is I just had to set up a calendar link with the credit card thing. So that if you want to book me, just pay with your credit card and book me. So I don't, I'm not even worried about the money part. Then, I'll, then I could just fully focus on that one hour on helping you, right? Like, I've completely de- separated the whole money stuff out of this, siloed it, so that the money thing happens outside of this. And like somehow you need to set up a process like that. The calendar is a good example, right? How having somebody else do all the invoicing, hire a VA to do all the invoicing and, and go bother the clients and chase after money. Like setting up processes like that is, I think is what, what did it for me. Now, like, now I can completely trace, stay true to myself and still live in a nice house. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, you can have the best of both worlds. <laughs> so, I mean, does that help? Or the, I mean, does that is that resonate with you? Or it it does. Yeah, it does. I, there's there's just I guess some this part of me that's like that's arguing, like um, maybe it's just upset that people even have to pay to get some part of this. Like, um, which I know you can relate to. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah. No, I can't relate to At all? Actually. I used to be able to. (laughs) When I started out. But now I can't relate to it anymore because um, it's because I think that you haven't really you probably haven't really thought about it from their perspective yet. For example, like for me to be like, oh, I, I'm going to charge this much to do this. 
is like um oh, i feel like oh this is so easy i feel like <laughs> i feel like it's you know like they could do this themselves like i feel like i'm charging them a thousand dollars to do this right <clears throat> but here's the thing I, like I, have you ever been been to a mechanic or something like that where um they just fix one thing and like I don't know if it was I don't know if it was you or some one of the other small group leaders talking about how she went to an accountant and this like super super high level accountant and then she's paying like tens of thousands of dollars and this accountant goes pulls out a tax code book and goes um and 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 the she asks like don't you know this like you're getting tens of thousands of dollars like you have to look this up and then he handed her the book and we're like okay Tell me where, what, on what page you can find that. <laughs> like, you can spend here all week. You're not going to find that, right? I can find it in the next 15 seconds. That's what you're paying me for, right? So it's kind of like this, right? And I gave this ex example before. Let's say right now one of your Instagram posts or TikTok posts went viral and it got 5 million views. And like tens of thousands of people are coming to your website. And there's a link for booking to your Calendly, <laughs> Calendly page so you can book coaching call with them. But that link is broken because it's off by one character. So tens of thousands of people are coming to your site. They're clicking on the link <laughs> to book a call with you, but none of them are going through because there's one typo in there. But you don't know how to fix it. And so now you're losing tens of thousands of dollars right now as we speak because you don't know how to fix that typo, right? How much are you willing to pay me right now for me to go fix that, right? When you're in that dire situation. So, and I see, I've been on the other side of that many, 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 many times <laughs> where I'm like, okay, I just... I wish a pro would just come and tell me this so I, I don't have to waste the next 15 days wasting time doing this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Like, that's so, that was so valuable to me that I'm, I'm willing to pay any amount of money to get that. So I've been in that situation so many times that when, <laughs> when customers come to me and I'm doing this for them, I don't feel bad at all. Because I know that when they go somewhere else, they're actually really getting ripped off. Like, I know that if you if if mm -hmm. a client comes to me and I, I make their sales page for $50,000 and they're going to double their launch and make a million dollar extra profit, do I feel bad for them? As opposed to if they went to another company and they only raised their conversion rate by one and a half, so make they make half a million dollars more. I just made them an extra half a million dollars. Do I really feel that bad that I charged them $50,000 versus... $15,000? No, I don't. <laughs> like, if I, I don't feel bad because I know what I'm delivering compared to what other people are delivering. Night Owl, I charge $5, not because I feel bad. Like, I can probably charge, I would say Night Owl, I can probably charge $200 a month for Night Owl, and I wouldn't feel bad. For Night Owl Nation, if I was charging $200 an hour, a month, I wouldn't feel bad because I feel like compared to what's out there, it's such a bargain at that price still. <laughs> so I still wouldn't feel bad. But the reason why I'm charging $5, 
is because I know there are people like I personally know people in India and Nigeria who would benefit from this and they can't even afford $20 a month. Right. That's why I'm charging $5 a month. It's not because I feel bad. You know? Right. And, and let me clarify. It's not that I necessarily feel bad. It's, it's because what you just said, like there are people who could use the information that literally just can't afford price tags that I may put on it that I have yeah. stood behind. I have, you know, had six figure price tags that I felt great about giving. And I know that those people got, you know, they, they were happy with what they got and I was happy to give it. But like you said, not okay. everyone is, is, is. And maybe world. what you need is a, maybe you need a separate product. Maybe you need a separate product that you can help people with because you're not going to help people with these products. I, trust me with my agency where I charge $50,000, $100,000 for websites. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I ain't helping anybody with that company. <laughs> Maybe the only person I'm helping is myself and my employees <laughs> but I, and my clients. But I'm not, help, I'm, 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 I'm not running Night Owl the agency to help people. That's why I started Night Owl Nation. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Yes. So maybe that's what you need. Maybe you need to separate. Okay, I, this is the business I need to run so I can make a living and I can pay my bills. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm doing. This is a new product I created where I'm going to jump on a Zoom call once a week and anybody can join. It's $5 a month or it's free or whatever you want to do it. You know, you can't try to mix the two. I don't like the businesses like Tom's, Warby Parker, where they try to mix the two. That shit never just works out, I feel like. At the end of the day, it's actually better if you just be a capitalist, make money, take that profit and then help people. <laughs> that actually works better. <laughs> that really lands. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's probably why I'm doing this. That's probably why I started Night Owl Nation. Because I didn't feel that type of fulfillment from Night Owl. Other than the financial rewards, right? Yeah. And and that's why I started Night Owl Nation, really. <laughs> you know? Yes, thank you. But I still need this to right? fund this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, cool. Anything else? You good? I'm good for now. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Okay, now I'm going to bring in... Welcome, Hello, C. Everyone. Hi. So tell us where you're from, what you do, and then your question. Okay. So my name is C. I'm originally from Hong Kong and currently I'm living in Poland. Um, I'm an inner child healer and somatic art therapist. And so what I do is I host Women's Circle for Women in Inner Child healing is very similar to um, Joni's work as well and so I'm also very passionate about that which my question is also like some sort related to that as well is that like I have a lot of because of my past experience that is like why I started to do this job and so I have a lot of like my own life story or like the story I heard from my clients but whenever I present it the reaction I get is usually like 
oh, it's really cool story, or like I really love your story, but that doesn't link with them buying my service. And so that part is like how okay, to got connect. It. Yeah. So let's dig a little bit deep because I need to understand mm-hmm. uh, what it is it that you. I understand what Joni does because we've talked about it in small group leaders and meetings mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So now, now I want to hear from you what you do. So, or what is it you think you do? <laughs> okay, so um, what I do is that I organize. Um, so I only recently moved from in-person work to online as well, because I want to reach to more people rather than just like locally. And so I host um, daily um, time a daily like on zoom meetings that we will do movement and we'll create art and we will do meditation like this different tours that's to embrace our like wounded part inside us so it can be like trauma or it can be like family issues that we didn't talk about it before with someone else but it's just deep inside us and make us like stuck and make us have a lot of different self-sabotage patterns can okay. be like not so give me a story positive. now give me a story <clears throat> give me tell me the story that you tell people that you say people are like oh cool story so now tell me the story okay um so like i grow up in a family that believes that um if you study hard then you will have a good life that if you get your university degree, you get your master's degree, then you will have a successful life. But that didn't like resonate with who I was. I was really creative. I love everything apart from study. <laughs> like I love creating, I love music and dancing, all these. But because of these like family saying to me, I gave up all these things. But then when I grow up, I spend a lot of time to get back to these hobbies and making these hobbies into my work, which I truly enjoy doing it now. It's like, even I need to do it for free, I enjoy doing it daily. And so this is like what the work of like being myself as the child version who I want to be and helped me to to be truly who I am and Got to it. be happy about life. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Do you, you tell the story exactly like that? The way you told me? Not exactly, maybe. <laughs> Is there something else that you left out in that story that you usually say? I think that when I start telling story to others, I become very clumsy and adding in a lot of tests especially the way I present myself on social media is like, it's so hard. I started the one that you were telling like 10 sentence with 10 words each. Mm -hmm. And it just took up my three hours in just like editing it. But it's fun to do. But it's like, this is something that is hard for me. Okay. So the the story that you told, told me, there's a story arc there. But what I need is I need a specific example of that. Because without a specific example, I'm not going to be able to relate to it, right? Mm-hmm. For example, here's the thing. A lot of us don't want to admit. This is why vulnerability and like just brutal honesty is so important. 
because the story that you just told is the story that I heard 999,000 times. Oh, I have the Asian mom who's like, oh, like be a lawyer, become a, be a banker, blah, 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 blah. And then I went to become a banker and I was like, so I left and I, I become my lawyer job and to become an artist. And like, okay, how many times have you heard that same story, right? So if you say like that, of course, it's like, it's not like, wow. The, the reaction is actually cool story, bro. Yeah. That's really the reaction, reaction I get a lot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you need an example. And in order to, for them to feel it, you have to go give the juicy detail. For example, you know, like where you grew up, your environment has such big effect on shaping, turning you into somebody that you're not, right? So <clears throat> if... I mean, this is not your story. This is my story, okay? <laughs> I mean, you can steal it. But uh, I'm just saying, like, like, this is how I'm saying I would say it in a way that's relatable to everyone, right? So I would start out by saying, I guarantee you, when you were young, when you were four years old, five years old, you were wild. You, were, you didn't give a fuck about what anyone thinks. Like, even I see, like, when I see, you know, Mai in our, in our small group leader, and I see the videos of, of her putting her, her four-year-old or five-year-old daughter, like, you know, very wild. She's, like, really, really fun, right? Trust me, in 10 years, that girl is not going to be like that. She's going to be so shy, so quiet. She, do you understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. I know it because I've seen it a million times of a fun outgoing you know like really funny girl growing up to be a teenager to be this shy like pretty much acting like every other teenage girl mm -hmm. okay i've seen that transformation happen many 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 times now that's because our we our our environment affects us that much that it takes us out from our real self and turn molds us into this person okay for example, where I grew up in my high school, academia, being good in school, going to good college, that was such a sought-after thing that at the end of the year, we would always post like who got into what college, always starting from Harvard, Stanford, blah, 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 blah right? So that shows you that we're, okay, in order to be cool here, we need to get into a good school. We, do you understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas in, when I moved to New York and I saw my friend who's a high school teacher and went to their school to be cool in that his class they actually have to skip school and get an f that's how you be cool in that class you see how much of an environment affects us and changes us mm -hmm. but the real us is that little five-year-old girl that was playful outgoing that was the real world and then over the years society has told us whoa 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 which is why I was like, okay, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get a grad school. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a nice car. And this is, then everybody will envy me and my studies will be here. I actually chased that. I'm not, I'm not going to blame it on my parents. Don't blame it on your parents. I wanted it. I wanted all of that. Or at, at least I thought I wanted all of that. Mm -hmm. Right? But I... I guess then, then I, 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 and then I think you need to go into the part where you broke down 
and how 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 the transformation happened to that other side. I'm trying to see it from my perspective. The reason why it's so hard for me is because I that's not my story. <laughs> you know that story that everyone has of like oh the nine to five job like that wasn't me because um because I I've never followed nine to five because I I never felt like I was pressured to follow nine to five. I actually loved like I remember the first day I got a corp because my first real job was at a creative agency. So I wear shorts and t-shirts and it was very, very creative. Mm -hmm. So I was actually the opposite. I actually wanted to work in a corporate environment where I can dress up, carry a briefcase, wear, you know, wear, wear a suit. Like I actually wanted to dress up because I've never had that my whole life. So I remember like feeling so cool. Like when I was wearing a suit with a briefcase, getting on the subway, like, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I've never had the, the, the kind of experience that everybody's talking about. I've never had that. So I don't know how to explain it, mm -hmm. like, in an honest way. But do you see what I'm trying to get at? Yeah. I just feel like what you're missing is substance in that story. Oh, give mm -hmm. me some examples. Give me some specific things. You know? It's like what you're saying is that, like, because my side of story is also very similar to a lot of others. So instead of making it like my own story, making it more like in a general public way. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I'm, 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 going, I'm saying the opposite. The more specific you make the story about you, the more relatable it'll be to others. Mm -hmm. Do you see how I specific I was about in my high school, they would have a chart where they rank from, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm being very specific, right? Um, and I say, you know, you, you know, like uh, the, our small group leader, her, her daughter, she's like very wild, always playing in the playground. I guarantee you when she's 15, like I'm being very specific. I'm not being general, generic, like, oh, you know, we, you know, when we're young, it's our authentic self. But as we grow up, we're, you know, mm -hmm. we grow out of there. Like, I'm not using some vague poetic language to write a poem. I'm giving mm -hmm. you something tangible, specific, right? That, mm -hmm. that specifically happened for me. Mm -hmm. But when you share a specific experience that specifically happened to you, that's when it actually becomes more relatable. That's when everyone's going to relate to it. When you try to make it general for everyone, mm -hmm. that's when it just becomes cliche and goes one year out the other year. When you make it specific mm -hmm. for you, that's when everyone's going to resonate. Mm -hmm. This is what Seth Rogen said about uh, Superbad. So one of the things that Seth Rogen, you know, those, that whole crew of filmmakers, mm -hmm. The reason why their movies are so successful, right? Like super bad, right? Like, uh, what's the other one? Like the, the, like the one where that woman gets pregnant. Uh, oh, maybe that was super bad. I don't know. Anyway, I, I don't remember. But like Forty Year Virgin, like all those series of movies. If you look at those movies, what you see is this. There's um. Okay, I'm not going to get into that because it, it's completely different. I mean, what I was going to say is like there's a story, like two guys trying to get laid. That's the plot. But the story behind them, what's happening is two guys that what you find out throughout the story is two guys who's best friends. Mm -hmm. But next year, they're, they're going, one is going to a good school and the other one's staying home. Mm 
at a local community college, right? So they have to deal with that. And then he's actually going to be rooming with this other guy in the new college. So they feel like they're not going to be friends anymore. And so that's the real underlying story, right? Mm-hmm. But what Seth Rogen says is this. You know, Superbad was just a story of two Jewish Canadians <laughs> doing Jewish Canadian things in a local, go, using their fake ID to get, and then getting caught by the police. You know what I mean? And then trying to get laid and then, you know, you know, go to a party and then this happening. Like all of these scenarios were real things that happened to them that were specific to them. But mm-hmm. Superbad be- en- ended up becoming the best, highest selling high school movie of all time. How did that happen? It's because the more specific you make it to you, Jewish American, Jewish Canadian boys living in a suburb the more relatable it is to everyone. The problem is, everyone wants to create the dramatic story. Like, oh, I, I had, I, you know, I, I was like, a, I was in the gutter, my rock bottom moment, and then I came like this. Or like, everybody wants the dramatic story of the, the everybody wants to tell the high school prom king, prom queen story, or the, the biggest nerd story. Nobody wants to tell this story in the middle. But 99% of us growing up in high school were neither the high school prom king or neither the biggest loser in the school. All of us were somewhere in between trying to just be a little bit cooler. (laughs) Do you understand what I mean? So when you write a story about that person, you're actually going to relate. When you write a story that's specific to you, because you're that person, it's actually going to be more relatable to everyone. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So really be myself and tell yeah. what happened to the me. The juicy details. Okay. Those juicy details <laughs> you don't want to sell. Like I, what I said about, um, yeah, like I wanted to get on that board, right? I knew that, uh, you know, for me, like I knew that if I didn't at least, because in, in my school there was about 20 kids that gets into US, UCLA. So it'll, be, it'll always be like one gets into Harvard, one gets into Stanford, maybe three gets into Berkeley, like, and then 20 gets into UCLA, and then USC, and then UC Irvine, and boom, 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 like it goes like that. But I knew that at, at least if I don't get to UCLA and above, <laughs> that that's a, that's shame. Like I, I know that that wasn't going to be shameful for me if I get under, because all my friends are up there. Mm. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So I'm not going to sit there and be like, yeah, I was I, I grew up in this tiger mom who forced me to study. That sounds like a bullshit story to me. Mm-hmm. But when I say the truth, we like, okay, like I knew my friend, this guy was getting into that school. My friend, this one, he was getting into blah, 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 blah. And I knew that at least if I didn't get into this school, that mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be part of that crowd anymore. Or something like, if you say it like that, then it's more, more believable. It's more relatable. It's more, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and it, it and it actually adds to the point of like how how in such subtle ways society forces you to do things without you even knowing. Like how the society makes you think that this is what I actually want mm-hmm. when it's not, right? Mm-hmm. Like even something like that. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know yeah. where I was going. There is a story that um, it happened to me like last year. It's related to my own healing journey. I really want to tell, but I, I'm just like cannot organize it in a way. 
So it was like last year during May that time, I was suddenly one day, I just、mm, couldn't eat anything. And then I needed to be hospitalized. And that time I was like having very bad stomach ache and the whole body is just like really painful all the time. And we've been to like so many different doctors, I can name them all. And none of them helped me and told me like what actually happened to me. And then, and then after that, so I finished all the appointment, I stopped it,、um, all the treatments and all these. And I started to do more yoga and I started to work less time.、Um, for that time, I was doing a lot of therapy work. And, and then I just like started to feel much better. And until this year, I totally didn't feel any pain anymore without any like medication or like any diagnosis to what happened to me. And that was like what motivates me a lot to do the work I'm doing now as well. But I'm just like having well, this well, story on my own. How is that related to <laughs> yoga? Do you, you, you teach yoga? Yes, I teach yoga.、Oh, okay, I'm okay. a yoga it, instructor as well. And I、got、use it, yoga and、okay. art therapy. I would actually, you know what? So, since you're a yoga instructor, I'll put it in that way. It, it's because、mm-hmm. I think it's going to be much more.、Um, it's going to be much more relatable to you. So, if that's the case, I would do something like this. Wait, so this happened last year? Yes. Last year. How long have you been doing yoga?、Um, I, I have been like. On and off practicing, but I got my all certification this year. Like, since. Okay, so、that. like this is all recent. Okay, got it, got it. Okay.、Right. <laughs> I would actually、um, not focus your story on that, your childhood and that part.、Mm-hmm. Try to wrap that part up,、mm-hmm. like, in just a few, couple of sentences. But、mm-hmm. the. The gist of what you want to get is like, you know, maybe, maybe more than a couple of sentences, but like try to pick a specific example, like I picked about trying to get on that college list、mm-hmm. that makes a u d i e n c e believe that this is what you wanted. Okay. And then, like, and they're going through life. And then, and then now you need to get to that point where you feel like feeling stuck. And a lot of people don't know how to explain that story. Because a lot of people don't know why they're stuck.、Mm-hmm. But this is how you explain the story. <laughs> okay?、Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you how I did it. So, when I was like in my 20s, I wanted to quit smoking weed. Like, my life for five years, I, I, this is like when I had a corporate job, five years, stuff, same every day, right?、Mm-hmm. For those five years, every day, I'll be like, okay, tomorrow I'm not going to smoke weed. Tomorrow I'm going to go to work, come back, I'm going to work on this. When I start working on my side hustle, not play video games. <clears throat> What happened is the next morning I go to and I'm all <clears throat> starting out all good. And、uh, oh no, the next morning I wake up late. <laughs> so I go to work late. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh fuck, I get myself to work. And then I, I'm, I'm fine at work all day until 3 30, 4. And I'm like, oh, today I'm not, I don't even feel like I need to smoke. But then, as soon as four o'clock hits, like I, I start getting the urge, like, I can't wait to get out of here, go home, and take a hit. 
And then once five o'clock hits, I'm just like walking to the subway. I'm not even thinking. My brain is like, my like my body is just moving on its own. With smoke. And then, and then immediately I'm like, fuck. But then like I get into the lazy mode. I'm like, okay, I'll just, since I already smoke, I'll just play a video game. I'll just do this. And, and, and then at night I'm like, fuck, I just wasted my whole day. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to wake up early doing this. Then tomorrow, same thing. The whole thing, 3.30, oh, fuck, go home, smoke weed, oh, oh, play video game, eat junk food. Oh, tomorrow I'm going to change my life over and over. That was me for years. Mm. That's how I knew I was stuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So you need to explain with juicy details mm-hmm. of what it feels like to be stuck. Okay. So now we've set the premise, right? This is how it was. You know, I, I thought I was one of this, and then it made me stuck, and then the, the transformation, right? Which is for you is the yoga. So you need to double down on that. And and I guess you're going to have to be more specific on that as well. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, like, I know that because people always say that, right? Like, your how your mental problems manifest is, is through your body. Mm-hmm. So you your 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 mental state can completely give you pain or not pain or something like that. So I understand. So now you need to like I don't know how to actually like put that into a story. One of the things that I did with my friend, she's a yoga teacher too, mm-hmm. and the. the the backstory that she has when I was working with through it with her was that, you know, she taught yoga, power yoga for 10 years. And what what this type of yoga and also different type of yoga are different. So you need to really dive into that. But, uh, you know, she she taught Baptist power yoga and Baptist power yoga is all about um, doing the work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about doing the work. And like. Um, being so present in that pose, right? Without mm-hmm. without the extra effort and then just maintaining it. And and when you do that work on the mat, you do that work off the mat, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of Baptist power yoga shit is just like getting you through those uncomfortable moments, mm-hmm. getting you past those uncomfort, like discomfort mm-hmm. is what Baptist power yoga is all about, okay? Mm-hmm. Disrupting the drift, like you... In life, you go along and then wake up. Like come, like COVID comes and wakes you up and like it disrupts the drift, right? Mm-hmm. That's what Baptist yoga is, right? Mm-hmm. So what she talks about is, okay, so she never liked yoga. She mm-hmm. didn't actually care about yoga. And then once she started doing Baptist yoga, even now today, yoga is not her favorite. Mm-hmm. But she, the reason why she teaches yoga is because when her um, a couple years ago, when her great aunt passed away from cancer, no, nobody in the family had the strength to stay with her through, through the end. Mm-hmm. She was the only one who can sit through that discomfort, stay with her until all, throughout those last days, cry with her, laugh with her, share everything mm-hmm. with her. And... She was the only one that was strong enough 
to stay till their last breath. All the other family members all whisked out, whisked out. Mm -hmm. They all got scared. And the only reason she said why she was able to do that is because of the practice of yoga. Mm -hmm. So now I want to give that somebody gave the gift of yoga to me. So now I want to give that gift to you. Mm. That's the story, right? That's beautiful. So, but so you see how when, like, I don't know how, how many times I can say it. When a story is true, mm-hmm. they're going to be unique and they're going to be relatable. But it has to be brutally true. And that's what most people don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. And it's two parts. Most people don't know how to do because two things. One is because they're embarrassed or they're scared of judgment. Mm-hmm. But another part is they don't even know. Like with, with, with that girl, we had to sit through and talk through this in order to f- come to the point where like, oh, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. That's why at Night Owl Nation, we're doing this. We're, every week, we're, we're doing this so that we, we know what, what the fuck were you doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess this is like the feeling for me. It's like I do a lot of work on like digging other story for their lives in my work. And comes to my own story, I'm all, always like in that bold mind, like, I'm just doing these, 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 and that's why these. And I just cannot help myself to take my mind, this feeling. Yeah. It's because I think it, it's the same reason why, like, I can't work on my own website. Mm. Because if I work on my website, this is what happens. <laughs> if, when I work on other, other people's website. I took my emotions out of it so I can mm-hmm. judge everything from an objective point of view. Mm-hmm. So I can make very logical decisions. I, I know that, okay, that, doing that would be a waste of time. So even though it's a, so I, I'm willing to do it 80% on parts where it needs to be 80%. I'm, I'm willing to get it done rather than get it perfect, <laughs> which is what needs to happen. Otherwise, it's never going to get done. The reason why I can't work on my own website is because I'm not trying to get it done. I'm trying to get it perfect. And the reason why I'm trying to get it perfect, which there is no such thing as perfect, because that perfect is the version of perfect that my ego created for me. So it's not even really me. So because of my ego, you can't do it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Because your ego is coming in, be like, oh yeah, is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll show you, and then they they start implanting them like, no, what you really want is this. No, what you really want, like, well, no, who you really are is this. When those things are not true, no, that's what your ego wants you to be. No, my ego want, oh, my ego wants me to be, oh, oh, I'm a very spiritual, creative being. No, that's what your fucking ego wants you to be. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Oh, oh no, no! I, I'm my mind is too complex, and I'm too smart. Uh, most people don't understand me. No, that's what your ego wants you to think. <laughs> your mind is not complex, okay? You're fucking simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All these things that you think you are, it's it's what your ego is telling you 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 want to be. If you wa- really want to know what you are, ask the people that are the closest to you. Mm-hmm. 
Those people will tell you the truth. The people that are closest to you that you trust, those people tell you who you really are. And the and most of the times we don't want to accept it. Oh, your son, you're you're so impulsive. No. Yeah, I think that's oh, son, where, you're so rude. Like, storytelling just like so fascinating for me it's like it's just connects every dot why did i do that because in my business i have so many different elements and each element is like pretty new like art therapy or like um yoga somatic experiencing so in comes to like social media or marketing i tend to like educating it like each of the parts separately but Throughout storytelling, just like making every sense, everything just so making sense yeah. why I'm doing that. Yeah, and and I'm glad you're seeing that because that's the that's the practice we're doing at Night Owl Nation, and that's how you're able to connect that yoga on the mat to the life situation with mm-hmm. your dying aunt. How those two things are related. <laughs> That's how they're related. <laughs> if you know storytelling, you know how they're related. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. The, I'm still the, really new to night out, so I'm just like really glad that in 2000 yeah, I, I find it here. <laughs> how, how long have you been a member? Um, I joined it in the beginning of this month, so not even a okay. month yet. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think I've seen you on Sunday service, right? I have joined once and then both of the weekends something happens. But now from 2023, it's just a dedicated Sunday work for me. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, keep showing up. And then I think what one word of advice for you and everyone listening would be don't try to force stories to connect. Mm-hmm. What we're practicing is we're naturally just seeing where things connect rather than trying because as soon as you start trying to force things to connect your egos are going to start creeping up again (laughs) so you have to have no expectation of where this story goes maybe this story is going to go to a place where i didn't expect at all and it's going to expose the fact that actually my brand is like this Mm-hmm. And so be open to learning something new about yourself, changing something about yourself, something like something about your brand. And the only way you can be, be that open is to come from a beginner's mind and don't try to connect anything. <laughs> Let it connect on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, C. Thank you, Joni. It was a, it was a great... Uh, I guess I didn't because I didn't come with any kind of expectation for it because I had no idea what the questions were going to be. I think we actually got a lot of good stuff out of it. Like I said a lot of shit on this episode that I've never said before. I don't know if it makes sense or not. I'm sure like when I go back and watch it, I'll know. (laughs) I'll see. But I think it was good. So thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone listening. Um, I'll see you guys next week. And... Cheers. Bye, everyone.